You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Helpful. Let's talk about the gifts of leadership. You know, there are some God-given gifts, right? Some of you might think you are God's gift. I don't know. I'm just obeying here. You know, some of the things that uh, you have, that you possess, your quirks, your talents, God gave you that, right? He designed you. In fact, uh, it's a cool phrase, your talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is your gift back to God. Ah, let's all say ah. Nice meme. All right, Facebook. Um, and and this, this is how I know it's from God. There's a parable that Jesus paints as God being this great giver. And we've read this parable, the parable of the talents. Now, I know talent is a denomination of money. Uh, it's a large sum of money. Um, and so it's not necessarily a gift and talent, but we're going to take artistic license here, as many have on this passage. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey, called his servants, and he entrusted his property to him. You know, God is in this picture. He didn't have to do this. But yet God gave, God poured out into you something. To one, five talents. To another, two. To another, one. Each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. You know, your inherent talents, they are God-given. Therefore, use them to glorify God and serve others. That's what 1 Peter 4.10 says. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Isn't that cool? We don't all have to be the same. That God has actually distributed gifts to each and every one of us, different abilities to all of us, and so we can use those gifts in all of their various forms. And what is that? That is a sign of God's grace in the church, that we get to be involved, that we get to use our gifts and talents. And so how many of you guys uh, were able to get online and fill out and go through the little questionnaire and go through your disc personality profile and uh, read through the results or at least are currently in the process of the 22 pages of results. I know for myself, uh, I was like, how do they know who I am? This is a little bit creepy. Like, this is what you are like, Marshall. And I was like, yes, you are right. <laughs> and this is what it's like dealing with you. And I thought, oh, now I know, <laughs> you know. Why Kevin Maines has been, you know, went gray so early in his life and continues to lose hair. Because he has to deal with me. Because he's a high ass, he's steady, he's very supportive, he's sincere, but he's also very detailed and practical procedure and likes to make decisions and be very detail oriented and I just need like an hour to talk. Um, I, I was talking uh, to Dominic yesterday, Dominic, uh, Lou and I had a, a discipling time, we, we met up at uh, Tustin Marketplace, which is my sort of ministry office there. 
And uh, so I said, you know, Dominic, every time I come back from my discipling time with you or my our, our sort of planning time, whatever you want to call it, um, my wife asked me, did you ask him about this? Oh, no, I didn't. Um, well, did you did you guys talk about? Um, I, no, I don't think so. Um, well, did he tell you about Glenda? And that no, no, we didn't get to that. It's like I think you know we hung out for like an hour and a half, and yet none of the things that I was like supposed to do did I really get to. And I really felt good about our time together until I talked with my wife. And I thought, ah, see, I'm blowing it. I'm not doing what I need to be doing. And she's high S. God has surrounded me with these people that want to make me do things. And I don't like doing things. I just like talking, you know. I have no action plan. And that doesn't make for a good minister. <laughs> I need to do things from time to time. Um, you know, I, I was high eye, and, and it was like sort of off the charts, and even my adaptive behavior, I almost like hunker down, and no, I'm not changing, you know? That's kind of what I looked at it. Like your adaptive style is when the pressure's on, like, will you repent? And the answer for me is no, probably not, you know? <laughs> that was encouraging. I don't know, some of you are D's. Who, who are the D's in here? Who are the, the doers, the dominant, the, the sort of just, you know, you have to apologize a lot. Or, or you surround... <laughs> Decisive doer, you know? How many of those? How many of you guys are compliant? C, you're cautious, careful, conscientious, right? How many of you are steady, supportive, sincere? Right? S. How many of you guys are the talkers? <laughs> Woo! All right. These are the people that are still going to be here at three in the morning. <laughs> now, I think obviously in ministry uh, and in your Bible talk and in a, in a macro level, this is what you want, right? You really want all of this to work together. You want these different personalities. You realize this is God's grace in its various forms, that this is not just, yeah, the meeting of the leaders, all the D's, and we're just all D's. You know what I mean? That would get annoying. Uh, it got annoying. So uh, <laughs> it's cool to have differences. And so this is our common goal. We want to work together. You know, this is probably the model of leadership that I am guilty of the most. This is my model of leadership. I'll just do it. Anybody of those? Martyrs? I got it. No, no, no. Just, I'll, I'll get there early. No, no, no. I, I can be there. No, I'll set it up. I'll set it up. Don't worry about it. I'll, oh, oh, you, you, okay, you can't. No, it's okay. I'll do it. And so you just, and look, and everybody's like, wow, man, that guy's good. You know, he's, whoo, go Marshall. Yeah, it's really good. 1030, putting everything away. You know, this is a model of leadership and it kind of looks impressive. And those with talents, abilities sometimes feel like, wow, I'm using my gifts effectively. What's the problem with that guy eventually? <laughs> You're going to get tired. He's burned out. And then when 
when the job gets done, did anybody feel vested in it? Did anybody feel like this was, we did this? No, it's just like, you did it. Good job. <laughs> this is probably a different model of leadership that is practical and sustainable, right? Now, I don't know who's leading that group. Maybe the guy in the front, but I tell you, he's not going anywhere without everybody together. And I think this is a model of leadership that's much more sustainable. And so as we, sometimes we can resent differences rather than realize, okay, whoa, we've got such a diverse group of skill that we could really get a lot done if we put this together. But I also want to talk about our individual growth, right? Our personal growth. Because not only is this our goal to work together to where we bring everybody's strength to the table. But I think as an individual, you want to be a little bit of everything. You want to grow, right? You want to develop areas that you don't already naturally have. If you're an I, you realize I have got to do something. I have to make a decision, plan it. Like, I don't even like scheduling things. So, we'll see you next week. Yep. To me, that's good enough. Like, when next week? I don't like to just write down when next week. It's really hard to just say, okay, so when? Thursday, when? And then, like, I dread, like, writing it down. Like, I just like to leave it open-ended. There's, I can't keep being this person, right? I have to change. I have to write it down and schedule it. Keep it. So what it, what it takes is for us to grow as an individual... You have to start with what God gave you and then put that to work. And then what happens? You gain more. When you put what God gave you to work, you gain more. The man who was given five gained five more. The man who was given two gained two more. The only guy that didn't put their money to work and receive an increase is they just the, the one who received one. And he just didn't put it to work. So he was given something by a generous giver and yet did not put it to work. And, you know, weaknesses. The reason why we did this test is not so you could find out what you're good at. And this is what I want to talk about in terms of leadership. This is the paradigm shift. I think that's kind of the wave that's sweeping through the church now. Do what you're good at. Well, we just read about all the leaders that God called. None of them were good at what he wanted them to do. (laughs) Were they? I want you to speak and lead two million people. He's like, but I have a stammer and I'm old. (laughs) I want you to preach to unopened people and it's going to take courage. Well, I'm overwhelmed and I sat there for a week. Right? I want you to take over for, for Saul, but nobody believes in me. And nobody was even around when you anointed me king, so I have no credibility. So what I'm saying is, I think, I I love this gift-based theme. Like, if you're good at it, do it, amen. But what that does is, if you put that to work, it's also going to expose your weaknesses. And I feel like what you are weak in is often where God is calling you. That's the scary part. If your purity is a disaster... Maybe it's that God wants you to lead the purity ministry. If you've had a chemical uh, dependence and a CR background, maybe it's that God wants you to lead that ministry. 
Does that make sense? So we understand that our weaknesses can actually become strengths. And in fact, when Hebrews... This is a cool little nugget in that hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. What did it say about all these amazing men and women of God? It says, whose weakness was turned to strength. So when, when God started and when they got sawed in two, somewhere in between there they became a different person. So, I can't just rely on, yeah, Marshall's good at these things. Because what happens for me is that lasts, I always get two years out of my talent, we'll call it. And then I get just to a standstill in my personal life, my spiritual life, my ministry. And then I just pray to God to change ministries. I get annoyed with everybody, I'm done, I just, I want to move on, shouldn't we be moving, I'm going to, you know, and I never push through that place, because the eyes can dazzle for a while, you know, the high eyes, the influentials, the talkers, we can sort of wow everybody, then it's like, okay, but we need to do some things, you know, and you're not including any of us, and you're annoyed and tired because you're doing all the work. And, and so I, I always get to that point every time I'm in ministry. And we've been in and out of the ministry. I've been Christian about 25 years, been in ministry for about seven, and been uh, uh, not in the ministry, just disciple, working full-time, structural engineer uh, for the other 17, right? So, uh, but no matter what, I always hit this wall, and it's all about my weaknesses, you know, when we talk about uh, Peter and, and Saul or Paul, in our current paradigm of do what you're good at, who do you think should lead the Jews and who do you think should lead the Gentiles? Make an argument for me, anybody, of why Paul should really basically oversee the evangelization of the Jewish people. Make an argument. Think. Um, he was trained by Rabbi Gamaliel, the most famous rabbi in Jewish history. Top dog. Uh, he was, was a leader in the San, with, with the Sanhedrin people in Jerusalem. He was a, a devout leader. He, by, he boasted that he never violated a single commandment of the Torah. Okay. Um, he lived that way his entire life, and he was zealous for God. Yes. I'm sold. <laughs> Who do you think we should have basically oversee Jerusalem and the evangelization of the Jews? My vote is Paul. Who do you think we should have go to the Gentiles? Who's, you know, he's trained by Jesus, but he's not totally Jewish. You know what I mean? He's not very Jewy. You know, he's a little more, he's a little more blue collar tradesman who vote that Peter goes to the Gentiles and Paul goes, converts all these Jews. I mean, he would be so respected. They're not going to respect Peter. But they would. Re- what do you think God did? You know? In our paradigm, would we have selected these guys for their current roles? You know, and Paul said, gosh, <laughs> I have all these qualifications. I never get to use them. <laughs> So every, he just felt weak. You know, he felt ill-equipped to reach out to who he was called to reach out to. And God said, that's okay. My 
power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul felt like that. He was trained to do something his whole life and God sort of threw him (laughs) into the other pool. And he says, you know, when I'm weak, I am strong. You know, he probably was so much more approachable. He, he, he got to expand his heart to a group of people that he had dismissed his whole life, right? Very cool to see God using our weaknesses. After a long time, the master will come and settle accounts. You know, we have to give an account for what we do with the gifts God gives us. We have to give an account. And for some, that's a cool day, you know. For, for this guy, he's like, you know, I gained five more. I gained two more. I put to work what you gave me. And for another, you know, fear, we talked about what's your biggest insecurity about leadership. And all of us have it, don't we? You know, for the eyes out there, it's probably that you're, you want everybody to like you. I mean, I lead the Orange County Singles, and we lead a group of marrieds now. You know, it's probably getting close to 200 people. <laughs> I want all 200 to really like me. And the one person that doesn't I make me, like, I cringe. It's, again, it's ridiculous. But that's that influential, that, that wanting to win everybody over. I can't lead like that. So that's my fear. And when I am afraid, that's when I go bury my talents in the ground. You know, in, in 2003, we resigned from ministry because it didn't seem like three people didn't like us. It seemed like a lot of people didn't like us then. And I was like, well, I'm going to go back to engineering, which was great. I actually loved the 10 years I got to spend doing structural design and engineering, built a lot of uh, designs all throughout Southern California. Um, but I, I knew that God was calling me back to, to put these things to work again. And now I'm at that place again where I'm just face-to-face. It's like an oh-yeah moment. Gosh, here I am again with... I feel like my strengths can't get me through where I want to get to in ministry. That my skills have no use right now. And it's all about changing my weakness. And I think we can't buy into this, accept me for who I am, I'm never changing, right? You know, this is who God made me. We live our life through memes now, you know? (laughs) That can't be our anthem as leaders, right? Because God puts you face to face with your weaknesses, And I think for many of us, the biggest challenge with ministry and leadership and leading other people and stepping out there, even in our workplaces maybe, taking on more responsibility and being leaders, even in our workplace, in our ministry, in our singles, we're so afraid of failure, aren't we? You know, I have done the research on this, and I, because I'm a mathematician and love math and uh, I was able to do the averages, and uh, of the research I've come up with, in leadership, the failure rate, especially in ministry, is 100%. How many of you have led people and not failed at it? How many of you have led people and in the moment thought, I am failing miserably at this, (laughs) right? I feel that way all the time. It's almost like, who do I get to disappoint today? You know what I mean? (laughs) It's such a challenge because failure, we just make such a big deal out of it. And it really is not a big deal. Failure is 
the way God exposes you and allows you to grow. Really, we should rejoice in that. Instead of, you know, checking out of leadership because of that fear. It's such a fear. It's such an insecurity for us to feel like failures. Uh, You can't spell failure without U-R-A, right? We're going to fail at this. The greatest barrier to success is the fear of failure. Figured we'd, since you think you're at 7,000 feet and that's an accomplishment, thought I'd show you a picture of the first guy to climb Everest, which is over 29,000 feet. Anybody know his name? Sir Edmund Hillary. Somebody had it. And who is his uh, Sherpa there? Tenzing Norgay. Nice, Mike. Did you, you have, you have a reception up here? <laughs> no, I don't even think he Googled it. I think he just knew it, which is awesome. How many, how many attempts do you think people failed before that thing ever happened? One of the greatest leaders, Winston Churchill, he says, success consists of going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm. That's basically what leading a Bible talk is, right? (laughs) So, as we close this out, I want to give us the next 20 to 25 minutes before dinner of getting in groups now of like type, right? Uh, So, again, pick about that number, four to five, five to six. You can spread out a little bit. Dinner will be around 5.30, 5.35. We'll meet over uh, at, at the uh, dinner hall there in Harriman. But I want you guys to discuss what you learned about yourself during this DISC assessment. Spend a minute on the good news. What about your strengths do you feel like is God-given? What has God given you to put to work, right? What has God poured into you that you get to now Put to work. But what is the thing that you know that I need to grow in this area? Right? And if you get time, which you won't, uh, so take the picture and maybe you guys can talk about this later. But do you feel limited by the fear of failure? Do you experience failure in leadership? How can you overcome this barrier? Because again, I'm not looking at a group of people and this is not a success seminar. This is a fail and persevere seminar. Because that's really the call of leadership is to really continue to be used by God to where you break through both the personal and the ministry barriers to see God use you and to know that your power is made perfect in your weaknesses. Amen? Awesome. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.